KG, and this is not safe for networks. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. I'm Carl. How's everybody doing today? It's a new year. Yay. 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 I I did a lot of drinking on New Year's. Like, a lot of drinking. (laughs) I had an amber ale, which I followed up with two margaritas, which I followed up with a glass of wine. Which I followed up with three Moscow mules. Oh, jeez. Which I followed up with a Guinness. <laughs> I pretty much just killed a six-pack of Guinness and called it good. Yeah. I went to different places, and uh, it just I grew drunker, and my decision-making grew more irrational with every drink. <laughs> Which it tends to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... So, what you can't see out in the audience right now is we're doing the bird box challenge right now. So we're bl- we're doing this blindfolded <laughs> right now. I hope I hope nothing screws up. I hope this is actually recording. <laughs> We've only tried this five times already, so <laughs> hopefully this one takes. But we're doing our bird box challenge show. <laughs> so Netflix told us not to. Fuck you, Netflix. You canceled Daredevil. I do what I want. That's right. Who is I got saying a license that right for now. that. What's up? Who is saying that right now? Who's saying don't do the bird box challenge? No, I mean, who's talking right now? I can't see anything. Uh, I'm wearing a blindfold. I can't hearing, see anything. Are you hearing the wind? I hear you. Are you hearing the forest thing like coming for you? The nothing from Evil Dead? Cool. It's a great impression, Brandon. (laughs) Have we all seen Bird Box now? No. I don't think. Brandon said no as if he's never going to watch Bird Box. I mean, with my family, probably not. Like, as in my wife, she's no interest in this movie. Really? Tell her it's Miss Congeniality 3. (laughs) It's. Just don't tell her. Just start playing it so that she sees Sandra Bullock. (laughs) I think That's my awful. favorite meme of Bird Box so far was one that said, uh, "If will we understand this one if we haven't seen the first one? And then it was a screenshot from the blind side. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny because it's blind side. Yeah. And then it's also her with like a giant black man as her supporting her supporting cast (laughs) it all kind of works the only meme i've like the one the only one that stuck in my head got really racist oh it was a asian person with rubber band doing the bird box challenge Hmm. yeah it was racist yeah anyway well i guarantee you that Within the next three episodes of SNL, they will do a Bird Box parody. Oh, yeah. That's happening for sure. I've already written the skit in my head. If it doesn't go exactly the way I imagined it, I'm Burn going the town down. to write them an angry email. Do it blindfolded, dude. <laughs> yeah. On a touchscreen keyboard that I can't feel you where can't the keys are. Oh, that's right, because there's, <laughs> there's a little dot things where you put your fingers. You can still type, yeah. Yeah. If uh, well, let's move on to uh, Louis C.K. is kind of <laughs> in the news right now. So this is all I really <laughs> wanted to say about Louis C.K. Because I'm not going to... that guy. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to go through everything that he said. But I do want to say all the people that are writing these big thought pieces on Louis C.K. and stuff like... We don't get very many listeners, so it doesn't matter. But I'm just going to say this. The more you write about him, the more it's serving what he wants. Yeah, and the more he doubles down. Right, because right now he's trying to, like, it seems like he's trying to 
kind of get Trump supporters a little bit with the way his <laughs> comedy's going. Yeah. Like he's he's going to the other side of the aisle now, which is just craving when you realize like he really never meant any of that kind of stuff people gave him credit for. But the more you give him that credit of like talking about his shit, like whether you're like putting him down or not, the more his name gets out there and the more likely he is to come back. So uh, this will be the last time you hear me talk about Louis C.K. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I'm just Fair I'm just enough. putting out the plea like don't don't talk about him, please. Don't feed into it. <laughs> yeah, don't feed into it exactly. Like it was a little bit of audio from a club performance. Like I know when the first when it when he first came out and did it, I get it. But now it's like he's planning on touring or something. Like this is what this is working up to. I'm sure. So just don't feed into it. All right, that was probably too much on Louis C.K., <laughs> unless you guys have thoughts. Nope. All right. Uh, so, Bob Einstein died, uh, died what, yesterday? Yes. At age 76. Uh, he was famous for, he was on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. He played a guy named Officer Judy, and he was one of the writers. I didn't know that, but I might find out about that next week. We'll find and out. You might hear about that a few weeks down the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is on this TV podcast me and Brandon keep dropping hints about. But um, he also he also was on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is probably where I've seen him the most. But then, of course, like Super Dave Osborne. I remember watching a lot of Super Dave. Yeah, I watched both the, some both Super the live Dave. action and the uh, the cartoon. They made a cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon was great. That's what I remember the most is the cartoon. He was live action at like he would cap the episodes yeah that's what with live was. clips of himself and he also had a lot of appearances on david letterman as super dave mm-hmm. and those are the two things i remember the most about him were his his cartoon and then his letterman I, stuff. uh he was he did a uh, one or two episodes of uh Arrested Development. Yeah. He uh, played the guy who was the translator between uh, Buster and uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character. He was so great on Kirby Enthusiasm because he's just like one of the, like, I think Larry David brought him in in like the, maybe the fourth season, but then just kept him on the show because he's one of those guys who can just yell at Larry David and they can yell back and forth and then like go get lunch and you totally buy it, (laughs) which is why he was a mainstay on that show. I think because that's kind of how Kirby enthusiasm is like everybody who's on the show just screams at each other and then they're like totally fine and getting along until they start screaming at each (laughs) other or scream or screaming about somebody else. Uh, Bob Einstein is fucking amazing at that. Did you know Albert Brooks was his brother? Is Bob Einstein's brother? Yes. <laughs> really? So Albert Brooks changed his name from Einstein because his dad named him Albert as a joke because his name would, was Albert Einstein. And so when Albert Brooks went into show business, he changed his last name to Brooks. But he was actually Super Dave's brother. I, I saw a clip that. of a movie they did together. Yeah, and it's a Mel Brooks movie who has no relation to Albert Brooks because he made up the, the last name. And that explains the chemistry they had on camera together. It was that they're brothers. And now that you know, if you look at their faces, you can tell. Yeah. Like, you can totally tell that yeah. they're brothers. But... I, uh... It's... Because I haven't delved into Curb Your Enthusiasm very much. So I just know the other performances that I've seen. But, I mean, his uh, episode of... Uh, He's Marty Funkenheiser or something like that. Funkhauser? He's Funkhauser is his last name. <laughs> <laughs> um, the episode of uh, Arrested Development he did. He does it in this very deadpan like he's saying like he the buster and um jeffrey tambor would like write letters to each other and then like he would deli- like 
speak them out, but he'd do it in this deadpan delivery, and the stuff he was talking about was just insane off the wall arrested development stuff but the way he delivered it in that deadpan was hilarious yeah he was good i remember watching his show on showtime when i was a kid quite a few times um but i stopped watching after a while because it was like okay i know he's gonna get really hurt at the end (laughs) that was always the thing so he was always like building up to some big stunt and then he would always just, it would go horribly wrong and he would just get very hurt every single time. But what was it? Was it Fuji that was his sidekick? That sounds right. He's like, that's right, Supa. And he's just like ready on the side, like very excitable <coughs> to take pictures or whatever. What? <laughs> Super Dave getting hurt. <laughs> I don't know how he just dusted himself off and got hurt again in the very next week, but he would do it every single week. Yeah. Well, and you know, we have our own local stuntman legend in Butte, Evil Knievel. Who's that? Oh, oh, Robbie Knievel's dad. Gotcha. (laughs) And so, like, I don't know, there's like, there's some kind of uh, kinship, because he's like one of ours. You know, Evil Knievel's one of ours, and Super Dave and Evil Knievel are like... Are yeah, like Super Dave is a Can I just break this down really quick? This is going to be real fun, because he's not one of Brandon's. Go! <laughs> what? Oh, aren't you one of the ones that hates Evil Knievel? Oh, I hate Evil Knievel. <laughs> See? <laughs> I went camping with his son once. <laughs> so was, you got some personal gripe with him? or just Evil Knievel was a terrible person. And I know he's a Butte native, but he uh, was just an awful, awful person. Uh, Give us an example. Because <laughs> I actually don't know why. I, I know I have heard him and his mom just hate on Evil Knievel as long as I've known him. But I've never heard examples. He was an awful, awful drunk and beat his wife. And, I mean, was just a very... uh deadbeat dad and i mean just like you talk about some of the worst qualities of a person and he he had most of them you went to a really reasonable grounded place there i was hoping it was something like he pissed on your tent or something (laughs) no robbie knievel his son is not quite like his dad um and he actually runs owns the grub stake uh north of helen here um, and we were just out camping and he had the campsite right next to us. So we ended up talking with him a little bit. It wasn't hmm. anything interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> no pissing, no drunken pissing. <laughs> no, he actually, his, I mean, he gave up drinking and actually com- completed some of the stunts his father failed miserably at. <laughs> <laughs> that show you, Dad. He's Ghost Rider then. I mean, he had a bad dad. He made a deal with the devil. Are we talking Nick Cage Ghost Rider, or are we talking like Shield Ghost Riders, or comics Ghost Riders, or well, like Nick or like Cage Cowboy Ghost Rider song? is a stuntman, and uh, Johnny Robbie Blaze. Reyes has nothing to do with being a stuntman, so it can't be Shield Ghost Rider and. Okay, that's fair. You're reasoning this out. What about comic book Ghost Rider? I mean, Nick Cage's comic book. It's the Johnny Blaze character, right? Isn't that his like yeah. name? Yes, but also the one from S.H.I.E.L.D. was also in the comics as well. Right, but he came later. Because yes. ultimately, it's the like that demon. I think its name is like Zarathos. Let's go with Pazuzu. <laughs> Pazuzu! <laughs> Pazuzu, that's the one. He's a gargoyle, though. <laughs> is that what it is? In Futurama, Pazuzu's yeah. a gargoyle. Oh. And the exorcist, he just makes people puke. He possesses soup, things. And masturbate with crucifixes. <laughs> wow, we went to a dark place there. That movie went to a dark place, dude. I can't unsee that. Despite the fact I've watched it seven or eight times. Is that it? I think realistically it's been seven or eight times. Yeah. 
it's not a movie I'm like, I have to immediately rewatch this. <laughs> no. It kind of stays with you for a little while after you watch it. Have you seen The Exorcist, Carl? Uh, I'm sure it was a long time ago. Yeah. It wasn't like part two or three or. No, I've never <laughs> okay. seen any of the sequels. Three is legit. I mean, I didn't I'll stand see up the for point. three. I didn't see the point of seeing the sequels. If I hadn't seen the first one, it's been so long, I can't... I remember sequences. I may have seen it in, like, bits and pieces, but... Eh. I will give them credit, and this is not for the prequels, because they're I just think garbage. it's just too much... Like, that first one is too much in the... Embedded. Yeah. Like, even if I haven't seen it, I know so much about it that... Just inherently, almost, <laughs> that it feels like I've seen it. Yeah. It's definitely a legendary movie for sure. Um, where were we talking about? Bob Einstein dies. <laughs> Einstein. Mm-hmm. Einstein. I don't know. Uh, Netflix refused to pick up Holmes and Watson reportedly because it was so terrible. God, um, there's that's saying good. something, there's, dude. They're saying nothing. I don't know about. I couldn't. I can't imagine seeing it in the theater anyways because comedies don't need to be seen in the theater ever for any reason i disagree yeah. i love i enjoy a good comedy in the theater. theater yeah because i like i don't know i like laughing with the crowd if they're into it it adds a level to it <laughs> i hate the rest of the crowd usually. i know <laughs> all suck. the dude who hates game of thrones hates being in a crowd for a comedy imagine that <laughs> I mean, the right crowd is okay, but movie crowds are, they're so self-absorbed. Let's launch into this for a second. (laughs) They're self-absorbed? People in theaters these days act like they're the only ones there, and they're just, they are on their phones, and they're talking and shit. Being rude. Just, yeah, they just don't respect the space, and the other, that they're sharing it with other people. At least that's how it felt when I was traveling. I'm not disagreeing with that, actually. I think my my experiences are are general. It depends on what you go see. But in general, I would say 25% of the audience is just straight up fucking rude. And the other 75% just quietly take it. (laughs) You know what I mean? There was a a news story a while back about uh, how the... Some of these theaters that have the really super comfortable seats that like, like the almost lay the out completely flat and they have like an electronic button that like recliner kicks the front out and everything. And people are getting so comfortable in these seats that they're acting like they're at home. They're bringing blankets in <sighs> and they're like, just like, it's weird. Like people are, are. I just had one of those arguments with one of my kids the other day. They wanted to bring a blanket into Spider Man. I was like, "No, you're not bringing a blanket." <laughs> well, I mean, they sell blankets at the movie theater now. So see, that's weird. Yeah, yeah what do you do? That's like Fight City mean, Hall. Isn't I was, it? I was. Like you can't a, bring that blanket in. You have to like buy it so people are sneaking it in under their jacket <laughs> like it's popcorn. Like I said, like a week or two ago, uh, the uh, the dining theater was a really weird experience. Where like I'm watching Halloween, I think it was, and I'm eating creme brulee, and then I went I went to another one when I saw overlord i think i got little burger sliders and it came on a fancy plate it was like gourmet kind of thing it didn't look like fast food it looked like fancy like windbaggy you know silver star slider burgers (laughs) (laughs) this is like the style it was i don't know it was just like a weird experience like I don't know. I I remember going to McMenamin's a, a couple list. of times. And uh, you order before you go in there. And so they, they had a deal where it was like two movie tickets. But it was like a double feature. 
a burger and a beer for 10 bucks. And I was like, <laughs> perfect. That's, That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. yeah. It was a great deal. <laughs> and it was awesome. The burger was juicing everything. And they were like, it was sloped just enough where the waitress could come up and get it for you. You didn't get anybody's way, but also like they weren't taking orders. They were just bringing you your shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like there wasn't any of this like talking during the theater or any of that like because they knew it was a movie. It was still a movie first and foremost. That's what I appreciated about McMenamins. <laughs> they weren't doing this shit where like people were like ordering during the movie. Like fuck that. Yeah. Like there's a little button on the seat. You push the button and then they just like show up. And you're like, give me some creme brulee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so douchey right now. <laughs> mm. It wasn't even very good either. They burned it. They burned it. <laughs> Just when I thought you could sound douchier. Like, they hey, fucked up my creme hey, brulee. Yeah, I used to make that shit at the Montana City Grill. I know how to how it's supposed to be. It wasn't right. <laughs> Just saying. That's how it goes. I still ate it. I didn't complain. Yeah. It wasn't good, but I didn't complain or anything. You're like, I would I'm like just going to wait until mm-hmm. I can get on a podcast to talk about this and air my yeah. complaint. Whoever you were with the torch, you fucked it up. All right, Brandon, you saw Bandersnatch, right? Yeah, I did. All right, so just give it to us, spoilers and all. <laughs> this uh, is, of course, the choose your own adventure. Uh, I really liked it. I mean, I do enjoy the Black Mirror. As a Black Mirror episode, it's not great. But what they do around it is really intriguing. Um, I mean, there are 20 or 2,500,000 different paths you can go down during this movie. Depending on what you... And... It's interesting watching because they they set it up and they get you to a point where you have to make a choice and using whatever remote on however you're watching Netflix, you make the decision and then the movie goes on from there. Um, and some of the choices seem really obvious and they but and they don't really have much consequence. But then there's choices that like seem like stupid nothing choices that have way more impact. I've heard like what kind of cereal you pick is like a thing that is actually very impactful. Yeah, or uh, he gets on the bus to go to work uh, his first day, and he's got two tapes. One's the Thompson Twins, and one's like a a Now Music compilation tape. And depending on what tape you put in to listen on the way to work has huge implications. Like the story diverges very differently depending on what you listen to. Um, There's this other character that you, once you get into the office, um, whether or not you interact positively with that character depends on what you listen to while you're on the bus. So, I mean, it's like some of the choices that you don't think you're going to like, what does it matter with freaking cornflakes or uh, raisin bran or whatever you get to choose from? Like you wouldn't think that make a huge difference, but it makes a huge difference as, as the story goes on. Um, I, the format was really interesting. I mean, they did a really good job of like, cause they, the way they act, they give you. And then like, you have like the people on screen, like staring at you, like, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to take this job or you're not going to take the job? Like, so you hit yes or no. Um, And then they go on from there. But there's so many, like, just thinking of how they filmed this and, like, put it all together is mind-boggling to me. Like, how they had to, like, had the person, okay, 
you're going to sit there and wait for 10 seconds and then you're going to go off on this line and then we're going to reshoot or do the next shoot and we're going to do the same scene except you're going to say this and then you're going to have to go do you're going to say this and then do a Fred Savage and stare at them silently for <laughs> like 10 seconds. Yeah. And then like uh there's a part of it where the the main character Stefan like becomes aware that like people are making choices for him and that becomes part of the sh- the story is like he's not making his own choices. So he's like, it's almost like a fourth wall break. In fact, like, there's one like, who are, who's telling me to do this? And like, you, is it this, uh, secret government organization or Netflix? <laughs> and so you, so I, we chose Netflix and it's like, what the fuck is Netflix? <laughs> Cause like, it types out on a computer he's using, like, um, and it's just really, really interesting. Like, I mean, you end up having converse, like, cause the way we watched it, we watched it with, as a family, cause we all watched all the Black Mirror episodes. And we actually did like a round robin. So like one person make one choice and the next person make the next choice and all the way around the room. So nobody had like complete control of what the character did. And then we like afterwards we're talking like, so should we had the guy fight the therapist or kick his dad? <laughs> That's a choice. Yeah, it it gets down to that. Like it gets to some really dark places. Like it like makes the choice. Like should you bury the body or cut it up and. I think is one of the choices. Well, I mean, if you don't want to get caught, you got to cut it up, right? <sighs> you think so? You'll have to try it out yourself. And I- <laughs> but I mean, it makes <laughs> what, you killing somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you could play Bandersnatch because it feels like it's a game. It feels like you're playing it more than you're watching it. It is way more like a video game than it is a movie for some of it. Because, I mean, you, you, it's it's interactive like a video game is. I'd be curious to see if any of the people from Telltale that made those Batman games and the Walking Dead games, and I wonder if any <laughs> of those people had a hand in the design of this. I know that they did try, they made a choose-your-own-adventure uh, kids thing on Netflix first. And I can't remember what franchise it's related to, but there is a choose your own adventure style thing like this on Netflix that kind of, if you don't have kids that are into that sort of thing that are like the right age, then you didn't know that it came out. Yeah, I must I not. I'm, yeah, I must not know. <laughs> um, But it was really fun. I only ended up with two and a half stars out of five. Is five stars the best? Five stars is the ultimate goal. Okay. So I'm sure somebody's put it on the net how to get there. (laughs) But Uh, then you're taking out your choice. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there have been uh, flow charts that have shown up on the internet since. (coughs) And how you can get to like five stars. And they show like how you can... There's actually like a a way you can do it. Like you end up with some dead ends, and if you repeat those, and then do a certain thing, like a QR code shows up on the screen, and if you go to that website based on the QR code, you end up with this weird Easter egg, and I can't remember exactly what it does, but <laughs> that's a lot of work. I appreciate that they did that, but that's a lot of work. The kids one is based on Minecraft. <coughs> oh, I just okay. remembered it's a Minecraft thing. So, if you like Minecraft, try out the the Minecraft Choose Your Own Adventure, also on Netflix. You know who wrote a Minecraft book? 
Max Brooks, who's actually <laughs> Mel Brooks's son, who's really related to Mel Brooks. Who wrote the zombie yeah. survival guide and, and uh, World, World War, War Z. Z. Yeah. Not the movie. No. Definitely <laughs> not the movie. Although that scene where the guy trips and shoots himself does feel right out of a Mel Brooks movie. <laughs> <Doesn't> <laughs> like I could I could see the guy who wrote uh uh Blazing Saddles write a scene like that. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't watch it enough to remember that scene, I'm gonna be honest. I I watched it exactly once. I, I watched it one time, but that scene was so funny to me because it was so out of place in that movie that felt like it took itself very seriously and then introduces this character and puts all the hopes and dreams of all the characters and like all of humanity on this guy's shoulders. And they're like, this is the guy that will save everyone. And then he doesn't even get eaten by zombies. He just trips over his own feet while he's holding a gun and accidentally shoots himself in the head. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just a really good, satisfying thing to have happen for me. <laughs> just like, uh, it wasn't, you know, some zombie coming out of nowhere or anything. It was just his own dumb, stupid self. <laughs> Speaking of zombies, uh, they're making, they just started filming Zombieland 2. Oh, and apparently word got out that Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd are going to be in this one. What? How do you put Bill Murray in it? How do you put Dan Aykroyd in it? Well, he's, <laughs> you can. Teed Bill that Murray one up for me died though, so he yeah. could only show up as a zombie, right? But then he shoot him in the head because he thought he was a zombie. Yeah. Did they shoot him again? I thought they shot him in the chest. Yeah, they shot him in the he chest because he, he died pretty slowly. I don't know if they shot him anymore after that on camera so if he he could come back i suppose as a zombie but maybe he was tied dan up in a carpet maybe dan Aykroyd will have him on a leash or something <laughs> i'm not looking for like the fact that dan Aykroyd's tied to this is like putting up all kinds of warning signs in my head you don't like, like dan Aykroyd? i used to what happened to him did he do something or does he just not write good stuff? I just stuff? don't think he's funny he's anymore. He's lost his mojo. Yeah. Let me put it this way. What's the last thing with Dan Aykroyd that you enjoyed? Answer the call. Okay. God damn. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that, was, but he's such a small part of it. I mean, he just had a it cameo was, in that. Yeah. I think it was all the way back in. But his part was point. awful, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what's the last time you saw Dan Aykroyd something? You're like, hey, I like that Dan Aykroyd. I think it was Gross Point Blank. That's what I came up with. <clears throat> Let's see. I'm trying to think. Tommy Boy was before that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably Gross Point Blank. I think you're exactly mm-hmm. right. It says, like, what, 96? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A while back. Yeah. A grip. Yeah. But that doesn't it's mean been like twenty okay. years. <laughs> what was the last thing you saw John Cleese in that was good? How um, long ago? I've was heard it? him on podcasts that I enjoyed. What was the last thing you saw? What was the last like movie or TV show that he With was John on Cleese that you've seen? I mean, I'm like trying a to- fish called Wanda. I'm trying to think of it. No, <laughs> Rat um, Race was Rat Race. It was 2001. Some, was he the only good thing about that movie? He was in that one. <laughs> the first Bond movie is in I enjoyed. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. It was Q, enough. wasn't yeah. it? With uh, Pierce Brosnan, right? Yeah. So, 2003 then? <laughs> Possibly. I, I'm sure I've seen him since then. I'm so just trying to think of I saw him in Speechless, that TV show with Minnie Driver. And he plays her father, and he's freaking amazing, right? Um, he did he did a voice in so, the Shrek sequels. Yeah, he oh, was he a did, dad, oh, and he was nearly headless. Okay, so he's bad example. He's been doing good yeah. shit this whole time. I knew all I'd I'm seen saying that is that I was trying to make a point, and I did so very badly with a terrible <laughs> example. But uh, I feel like. W- 
Let's give Dan Aykroyd a chance. He could still be funny. The difference is that Dan Aykroyd is still doing shit. As long as... I mean, he he hasn't, like, turned out to be horrible. So, he's got that going for him. <laughs> right? Like I will say at least he's doing Zombieland, too. He's not, because, like, like normally he's exposing no, himself. That's or, like, writing racist things or transphobic tweets or like yeah. wishing his kid wasn't gay. That's what Kevin Hart did, right? Be like, I wouldn't know what to do if that was. I forgot all that. Yeah. And then he, now Kevin Hart ain't hosting no Oscars. It seems like a yearly tradition now. Whoever's the host just isn't going to work out. And then we get somebody else. The Golden Globes though have a pretty good host team of Amy Poehler and Tina Fey no actually it's Andy Samberg and oh man I know her name Sandra O. Sandra thanks yeah I remembered because you said (laughs) oh man and that like jogged it in my memory (laughs) right away well it's like yeah of course I remember the white guy's name but I don't remember the Asian lady's name so I'm glad you remembered it because I knew her name she's it's, in Killing Eve and it's that not shows, altruistic reasons I had a crush really on good. her for a long time she's pretty great <laughs> did you watch so you watch Grey's Anatomy then just for no, her I've never seen Grey's Anatomy my wife has watched it many, you have many a crush times. on Sandro and you haven't watched Grey's Anatomy she was in movies she's isn't she in Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, she probably. Is. She's know. like one of the main characters. Yeah. I don't know. They do. I saw her in movies in the nineties. They a bunch. do like forty-five second cute dances together. Her and the main character. You would. Yeah, I still don't love think I it. can watch Grey's Anatomy. Maybe I'll find like <laughs> you a clip. Should watch. A clip on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you clips of her dancing. Because my wife still show. watches Grey's Anatomy. I'm like. Yeah, I've just seen. I can't believe it's still on. That's amazing to me, dude. My wife in one month devoured every episode of Grey's Anatomy (laughs) and the spinoff show that ran for five seasons. So that was another hundred episodes on top of it. Off of actually, I do like like that character. It was a girl, a female character that left the show that the the spinoff focuses on, or at least that's who's from the original show. Yeah, it I may know. Also I was just like, I saw Tim Daly, character. and I was like, Wings! Wings! <laughs> Every time. Every Wait, time I see somebody from Wait, Wings, I'm like, Wings! Wings? Uh, Tim Daly, so he was the serious brother. Ugh. Uh, Joe? Joe Hackett? He's annoying. Yeah. That guy sucks. <laughs> no, nah, he's Not good. the actor, not the actor. That character sucks. And Wings? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I thought I hated that actor me. as a kid for a long time. It's the because, character. Yeah, it is the character, yeah. though. He's playing it to a T, what he's supposed to do. Because well, he's so uptight, such an asshole. Well, that's what's, yeah, what's annoying really about him. the Steven Weber character. I did, and then I watched it when I was older, and I realized, like, Steven Weber is actually, like, his character is a real asshole. Oh, yeah. He's very selfish. Yeah, but that's what annoyed me about that show is that they position Joe is an uptight, like annoying, uptight, nice guy. He's, but they position him as the good brother, and it's like this shouldn't be what good looks like, you know. Like I get what you guys are doing. It's like a goofus and gallant highlights for adults. <laughs> <laughs> that whole show is just highlights for adults. God damn it. I really liked uh, what's his Don't face? Be Tony, Tony Shalhoub. Oh, yeah. he's such a creep, dude. Monk's the best. He's a pathetic creep in that show. He probably is. No, I just I'm, like and him. Tony Shalhoub's good, but not on not on that show. Thomas Hayden Church. Am I allowed to like him? He, Lowell's good. No, Lowell <laughs> okay. is, the, is a great. Because he was my favorite and on the show. Roy oh, he was everybody's favorite. Yeah. On Roy show. is also kind of a pathetic creep, but he plays it so much better than Tony Shalhoub does. And that's the guy that has the rival airline. I mean, I thought Tony Shalhoub was just playing pathetic. Sad, I don't yeah. think he was a creep. He's a he sad sack. He's yeah. a sad, and it's, it's cringy. Yes. So I don't like care for that so much. Roy is definitely Roy the is creepy, definitely creepy. creepy. But, and he's just hilarious. And then another good character on that show was Helen, not Helen. Helen is, she's fine. But, uh, yeah, she is. Alex? Um, no, the, uh, uh, Faye? Faye. 
Faye is How awesome. I dude, I haven't seen this wow. show in She is a sharp she is sharp as attack on that show, and that's probably the she's one of the few she's also one of the core members that like keeps the group from being awful. Did you know that Wings was created by Glenn Charles, Les Charles, and James Burroughs, who did Cheers? And Matt. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and they did Episodes they had they had like five characters cross over into Wings at different times. I recall seeing different characters from sh- sh- characters from other shows like taking the plane, just like being yeah. passengers on the plane. Yeah, so like they had one with Norm, they had one with Cliff, they had one with Fraser. Um I don't remember who the other ones were. You know who but- else did that and I'm sure it was inspired <clears throat> by these guys? was uh Bill Lawrence, the guy who created Scrubs. He also created um Spin City. And every single oh, character over. from Spin City, every actor that played a character, a main character in Spin City, played like a beloved character on Scrubs at some point. They've all, every single one of them, except maybe, he- nope, Heather Locklear's been on Scrubs. Nope, they've all been on there. Yeah. yeah, she had a big role on Scrubs yeah. for a while. She was great. She was like a she was a, a drug person peddling drugs. They also did that with uh Happy Days. There were so many spin-off shows of Happy Days where they would just bring <laughs> the actors over. Cause like there was Laverne and Shirley who started out on Happy Days. There was Joni Loves Chachi. Like those two were on Happy Days. There was Mork and Mindy. Like Mork was started out on Happy Days. That was after it had jumped the shark, literally with Fonzie. Um, yeah, they they had a bunch of spinoffs. I'm missing a couple, but and what was the other one we did a little while ago that had a ton of spinoffs? Um, all in the family. Yeah, all in the family. So many fucking spinoffs. Eighties one. So it was seventies, yeah, and it I uh, I think into like eighty one or something like that. But it had the Jeffersons was his most successful spinoff, which lasted for like eleven seasons. They had Archie Bunker's Place. They had uh, what was the one with B. Arthur? Um, Golden Girls? No, oh. before that, Mod, 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 yeah, and They're, Soap came out of that. And there was, dude, there was a couple of, like, it was something like 11 shows that all had the genesis from, from that show. It's craziness, man. And then there's the St. Elsewhere universe. Yeah. Where they had all of these characters cross over from different things. But the finale is less. That's less connected. That's more just coincidental crossovery kind of stuff. That's the network being like, like, hey, why don't you plug this show? But New Girl and Brooklyn Nine Nine did a crossover episode where they each did. They were they aired back to back. Anyways, like they were paired up mm-hmm. on Fox or whatever, and uh, so they did one night where one episode led into the other, and they had a crossover plot across both episodes. And uh, it was primarily on the new girl side because wasn't one in of them the Brooklyn to be a cop. in the Brooklyn Nine Nine episode. Uh, Peralta, Andy Samberg's character, is trying to catch a bad guy, and he tries to commandeer a car that Zoe Deschanel's driving, and so they wind up in a car together, and it's funny, and they have their banter. But then, like, then the episode of New Girl is like primary is takes place in New York, and so that's where most of the crossover stuff actually happens. So if you only watch New Girl, you don't really get much, or you get most of it. If you don't watch New Girl, you don't get most of the crossover stuff. And now New Girl's gone. So, but running backwards to saying elsewhere again, the finale of that show was in this autistic kids snow globe they showed like they pulled back and it was like snowing at the hospital and then it was like inside the snow globe of this autistic kid which meant that like 10 different shows all took place within this snow globe 
Mm-hmm. This is the fucking weirdest shared universe ever, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's like the movie Krampus with Adam Scott. <laughs> what a weird fucking shared universe. We should move on. <laughs> Swamp thing. Uh so they, they showed this thing on Instagram where they did a tour of the swamp. It looked kind of cool, but there was no nothing scary or anything like that. They just Is played, there an ogre? No, they just played romantic Italian music while they're going through. But it looks like they're in an actual swamp. I'm sure they're not, but it really looks like a real swamp. And uh, it's apparently the pilot episode is being written by the Ash vs. Evil Dead producer Mark Verheiden. And the nun writer Gary Doberman, and it's being produced by James Wan, who did Aquaman. So nice, uh, it's good pedigree. Horror. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of excited about this. I like Carl's been nudging me to try and get the DC app. I think this will be what <laughs> finally gets me the DC app. Yeah, by then you'll have at least two full live action series already to watch, and if you want to watch animated shows. I love animated shows. And there's tons of DC comics that are fun to read. Yeah. Now, do they have uh, the Berlantiverse on the DC app? Nope. No, none of the CW shows are on there, and nothing from Man of Steel forward is on there yet. I'm sure they're slow rolling all the new stuff until... Because I know that... HBO is currently the ones showing Justice League, and I think they have exclusive distribution over it. But they're all they're all owned by Warner, so it doesn't matter, right? But eventually, they're going to need to put that stuff on the DC Universe app if they want to keep subscribers. You don't want to be making people pay for. All the DC stuff, except for this one movie that just happens to be, like, the biggest one they made so far. <laughs> but Whether it's not, good or but not. But they're lowest grossing. I mean, that's what I, I'm just talking budget for, like, making it. They invest yeah, all this money true. in it, and then they don't put it on their flagship streaming app. Yeah. Like, they, clearly, they can't yet because HBO gets it. Right. That's Eventually. probably what they're gonna do. Is I mean, run it everything rotates first, right. and then rotate it over to the app. I would imagine. I mean, it belongs on Crackle <laughs> with oh. Spider-Man Three. It's and- not Spider-Man Three, bad. <laughs> it's more like it's more like X X-Men Two, bad. It's X-Men that Two level is bad. good though. Yeah, you keep telling yourself that. <laughs> X-Men 3 is bad. God, I was reading our... Yeah, it's not as bad as X-Men 3. X-Men <laughs> 3 is horrid. I'm driven all bitch. God, I was I was reading an article today, and I mean, it's it wasn't really anything. They were just... Uh, somebody had seen a... Re- or, a re- or one of the filming of uh, the, f- the new X-Men movie... Uh, the Dark, Dark Phoenix. Phoenix, and most everything I've read, it's uh, fan stick bad. Hmm. It's discouraging. Yeah, that's like X two bad. No, <laughs> I might. There, there's X two is bad. I don't want to get into this revised history. People keep talking like fan stick was like. The worst superhero it. movie ever. It's not, dude. There's so like it's not good. There's so many there's so many superhero movies that were worse than that. Like pull out just about any superhero movie from the nineties, for example. <laughs> I think the problem is that Josh Trank's meltdown was so public that yes. it's tarnished the movie itself. And now it's like almost uh, it's almost a sin to like that movie because of all that. But it was really bad. I have no idea. It was bad, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't the worst. There's I can still imagine. A movie it, like oh, the oh there's definitely. I mean, there's like, definitely worse. Speaking of Julian McMahon, he was Victor Von Doom in the first yeah movies as well. That was the role that I couldn't remember from our conversation oh, the dude earlier. From Nip Tuck. So, yeah. Julian McMahon, I found out, 
he's in Runaways, and I just learned that he's Australian. And that's important news for everybody. <laughs> Julian McMahon is Australian. He's not one of us. <laughs> he's been playing Hollywood characters for so- American guys for so long. He's taking jobs that from I think Americans. Cor- permanently corrupted his Australian accent. But I, I want to put a boot up his ass. <laughs> he's pretty great. I he don't was, know why my southern accent sounds He was the devil in like Charmed. <laughs> that was your Australian accent? No, that was my southern accent. Oh, good. Same. <laughs> good. Okay. That's acceptable. Let's go listen to some Louis C.K. Woo! You said you weren't going to bring that up yet. I did. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Nobody's listening to this, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, so I did want to talk about Aquaman for a minute because I did manage to see it. And, uh, I'm not going to spoil shit for you, Carl, because I'm, I'm guessing you haven't seen it. I'll see it eventually. Yeah. It's really fucking good. I was, I I didn't go that far, but I enjoyed it. I mean, the writing isn't fucking good, but like, it's really entertaining. It is definitely entertaining. It's really entertaining, and the special effects really work on it, which I was surprised because they didn't always look the best in the trailers. But, like, it really feels like you're in this fantastical ocean. I don't know. <laughs> I really, really dug it. Um, the football helmet that I was complaining about. Dude, you misled <laughs> me on that. It's, like, 50%. Like... <laughs> It's like it's only in like four minutes of the movie. Yeah, and Black Man's only in like eight. Like yeah. it's like fifty fifty with the football helmet. So I'm fine with that. That was my thing. Was like you told me it was like he's in it for like six minutes and like there's only a minute of the helmet. And I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> Did you see who was But it's like it's it's probably like ten minutes, there's five minutes of helmet. Uh armored sharks, they're all over the battle <laughs> scene, so I was all about that. Did you see who was the voice of the giant crab? Yes, I did. It was um, uh, the lady who played Mary Poppins. Um, <laughs> Julie Andrews. Yeah, Julie Andrews, who's was going up against Mary monster. Poppins. <laughs> she couldn't be in Mary Poppins. That would have delegitimized <laughs> Emily Blunt as the new Mary Poppins. Right, so she went against it with Aquaman. So she f- tried to defeat the movie. She's, she succeeded. She's got a grudge. She succeeded. She Aquaman was killing she it. She beat dude. her own sequel. Who would have Especially thought Aquaman China. was killing it? Like they were tracking this a couple weeks ago, and I don't usually read these articles, but I did come across something that they were tracking it to make five hundred million total, and DC was really happy. Well, about and that's that. total though. Like domestically, it's not super successful. It's like kind of middling. It's but made seven hundred and fifty already. That's all. I thought, China, I thought though, it right? was over eight hundred already. So I thought that was it's, all. Well, China. it also made seven hundred fifty then. <laughs> that was just whatever day I looked at it. It was seven fifty, but that's like that. It's gonna cross a billion, dude. For movies like this, American audiences are kind of irrelevant at this point. They're not irrelevant. I think that the majority of the money for this chunk. movie is overseas. Like, yeah, Venom. Same same thing happened with Venom. Uh, it was a success here, though. It just it was way more massive worldwide. Like the success in America was decent, but if if it was the only market, then right. the movie would have been a massive flop. But because it was so successful overseas. It more than made up for the fact that it was kind of average here. Yeah, I never paid. I mean, Brandon's been a test. He's seen this <laughs> for years now. I get pissed when people just talk about the domestic gross as if like that's how the movie performed. Like the domestic gross doesn't matter even a little bit. You just look at the the total gross, like the worldwide. That's what actually matters. Because if something fucking tanks in America and it still makes a billion dollars, dude, guess what? They're making another They're making a billion dollars. But, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that the cultures are different enough that, like, if there's something that about in that the American audience doesn't necessarily like about Mm -hmm. the movie, like, 
that might not be unintent. That might not be a mistake. It might not be a bad movie. Like Justice, maybe Justice League's not a bad movie. It's just made for Chinese audiences and not American audiences. It's not actually even. It's indirectly for us because there are characters. You know, we Amer- It's America-made comic book characters. American. Stan Lee's a proud American. Well, Stan but Lee didn't do DC. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> There's a couple of Jewish guys, actually, that made Superman. It was uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Yeah. And then Batman was... Bob Bill Kane and F- well, Bill it's Finger. really Bill Finger. I, it's really Bill Finger. It was, and they're okay. giving credit to Bill Finger now. Yeah, I don't know. Look into it sometime. Like, Bob Kane took credit for everything and did almost nothing. Right. Whatever. My Fuck point, you, Bob Kane. <laughs> my point is that the, maybe these movies are just not actually for us, and we might have to just learn how to deal with that. Yeah, I can deal with it, dude. Uh, Aquaman is awesome. The I, Meg? It's fun. I want to see The Meg. I haven't seen it. It was fun. Totally worth seeing it. I mean, there's even like that... Uh, that character, there were our characters are being introduced to some of these movies specifically with Chinese audiences in mind, like that woman in Age of Ultron, and uh, which it, woman? The scientist lady that helps build the Vision body, and don't remember. <laughs> she was uh, I forget her name. Doctor something. She has an expanded role in the Chinese version of the movie. That's, I know they do that quite a bit. Like there are uh, scenes that aren't in the American version. In particular, um, 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 Transformers. Michael Bay. Yeah, I was going to say Michael Bay movies They're, do that all the time. They they have expanded stuff for like a Chinese character for when it releases in Chinese audiences. And I think usually one of the fantastic. Fast and Furious characters is like some famous Chinese uh, actor that has like a huge following over there, but that we have usually no not idea. heard of. Maybe yeah, that girl sense. with the what about the girl with the metal legs and I think she's popular over there in China. She doesn't have metal legs in real life. She does in <laughs> in the one with Taron Egerton and. Samuel oh, Jackson. Uh, Kingsman. Kingsman, yeah. Metal Leg Girl. It. Oh, God, you need to see that freaking movie. <laughs> I haven't movie. seen so many of but Carl's references Don't watch today. the second one. Just watch oh, the first fuck one. Oh, that. The second one's fun, too. They, no, they fucking pissed me off with that second one. They killed off too many good people for no reason. I mean, they killed Merlin, which was... Dude, the night he sang that stupid Country Home Road song by John Denver... Take me home with a don't sing it. Country you son of a bitch. Did do it Scottish like him. He did it all Scottish in the movie. And he's standing on a landmine. I fucking hate my, that song. Mama, take me home. And then he Country blows up. Because <laughs> he was standing on a landmine. You know what I like about John and, Denver? Oh god. Everything. They just got the dude. <laughs> they they just got the other dude off the landmine and then he immediately steps on another one. And so his decision is to sing that song and then blow himself up. How does he blow himself up? Does he just like he just jump steps up? off it? He just steps but then he step on two? No, he, the other guy, the young kid steps on the first one and they use this freeze spray thing to like get him off of it. And then the second they get him off of it, he steps on another one. Merlin. No, he steps on the same one to like because it was, even though it was frozen, it was going to still activate, but it just was a slow thing. So, like, pretty he had sure half it's a, a different landmine. No, it's the same. Because they're mine. in a landmine field. But it's the same mine. Regardless, it's stupid. It it was a, like, really tragic way for Merlin to go. It was a, it was a pointless, stupid death that should have never happened in the first place. And then a bunch of other characters that were really good in the first movie are killed practically off camera. Just a building blowing up and you know they're all inside the building. Because they didn't want to pay those actors, probably. But they did because they were in the movie, though. For Yeah, like, it's... The second movie frustrates me because it's just... 
the first movie was building this thing, and then the second movie just, like, throws it all in the blender again. It seemed unnecessary to kill... Uh, just particularly this one female character from the first movie feels like she was fridged a little bit. Like, her death motivated the main character. And it wasn't just her, it was a couple, it was a, a group of them. It, frustrating. Well, I'm going to call it. It's late. What? Yeah. Oh, I got one more thing, though. All right, we'll bring it up. I literally <laughs> went to the theater today and saw Escape Room. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, How was it, Carl? So You're not going to insult my friend here, are you? It's, <laughs> have you ever seen Cube? Yeah. I've seen Ice Cube. It's very similar to Cube in the way that it's ex- executed. It kind of felt like Cube meets Saw a little bit. And that was my first thought coming out of it was, wow, that was Cube meets Saw. But it's not an original thought. A lot of people are saying that online as well, I noticed. It's already part that's of... exactly it what already it is, is the only trivia thing on IMDb is... Cube meets Saw slash Saw reboot. And then it says like zero out of nine people found this helpful. <laughs> Nobody has clicked. This is a good tip. Every single person has been like, don't, I don't like that. You're saying that. So isn't it amazing that IMDb is so huge. And yet whenever they, they have the uh, people click on the tips, it's never more than like 26 people like maximum i've seen some big ones here and there but it's on really popular shows like 30 rock where people are obsessed with the the little trivia bits so with escape room also they treat escape rooms the same way the uh um now you see me movies treat stage magic where uh they do things that look cool visually on the screen for a movie audience, but if you try to analyze it beyond that, it is just CGI effects and couldn't actually be real, really done in real life. Like the tricks in Now You See Me, half of the tricks are, imp- are literally impossible and can only be done because you're watching something on c- with CGI on in a movie. And Escape Room as well has these rooms, a couple of them. They go from room to room. Usually one person per room gets, you know, culled from the group. And then it turns out they were all sole survivors individually of some traumatic event. And they were brought together intentionally to see which of the sole survivors would be the sole survivor of this one. So they could find, like, the luckiest of the lucky person. And uh, it's building more than anything. They're trying to do, like, what is this all about? When does Mystery Last show up? So, <laughs> no, okay. This is the thing, though, is this movie is a prime contender for something that uh, some other podcast guys I listen to call The Game Is On, where the last end of the movie is just, we are setting up a sequel. There, you know, and there's like literally a shadowy figure. There's some secret organization setting up, designing these elaborate traps. And they're like, we've already diverted their plane and we're going to do an escape room on a plane. So it's like they're, they are trying to force a sequel with the last (laughs) 10 minutes of this movie. And I thought that was hilarious. And but there were a lot of things I enjoyed about the movie as well. It was actually pretty fun, and it was it was a tense ride, like trying to figure out puzzles when something is about to kill them is it's intense. That would be the worst because I'm terrible at puzzles. The rooms were pretty clever for the most part, and uh, it was pretty creepy. They did kind of a weird info dump right at the very end where they were just like, here's everything that was going on and no, there's no like more mystery because we've just told you basically the As whole... As you do with an escape room, right? Like you... I, That's true. It did follow the... It followed how escape rooms work pretty well. Like I, I would say it was pretty good ultimately. Even if it was pretty ham-fisted and kind of cheesy at times. I like the Now You See Me movies, even though 
like it's bad mad stage magic. <laughs> so on a scale from one to three point nine four, what would you give it? Uh probably one point nine six repeating. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> this is a new segment on the show. Every time we review movies, <laughs> it's just gonna be a different numbering system. Because I don't like metrics. my audience anymore. <laughs> we gotta start with suffer. a different number than one though. I like always starting with one, but alright. Alright, I'm gonna give Aquaman so from one point six three to twenty seven and a third, I'm gonna say it's seven R pi. All right, <laughs> all right. We gotta go though because this blindfold is starting to cut into my eyes and it's not comfortable anymore. <laughs> so I should have got my silk one from my room. Don't ask. Anyway, take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Not Safer Network. Check out one of our many other shows, Charles Orr Horror Show, Geek Lantern's Light, Movies with Wrestlers, Real Roulette, The Alien Movie Project, Montucky Skies, and We Had a Good Life.